Wait, don't, didn't you love that quote that Maritza gave? Uh, man, depending on what God can do. The other part I loved about that, she said she appreciated and loved old preachers, and I said amen to that, if you know what I mean by that. But uh, it's good to have you today. Welcome. Uh, obviously, here at Westlawn, GT Kutztown, we welcome you. Let's give it up for GT Kutztown today. It's a way to stay connected. And uh, man, if you're watching online today, GT Live, Facebook, however you're joining us, we welcome you today and are so glad that you're with us. And we are. We're so excited about the student ministries uh, getting back at both Kutztown and here at West Lawn. So we're grateful. Pray for our students. It's been, man, I, I've said it from the beginning of the pandemic. It's been a challenging year, but my heart has broken for our students and our graduates. And so let's pray for our students. We're so thrilled that they're able to meet today. And again, like Maritza said, if you can't come, uh, then make sure you check us out on YouTube and the services there. So great day. And, you know, talk about high school. Man, give it up for Mifflin football that's going to states. Why am missing that 47 to nothing. So Berks County's shown a little football lately. And uh, so we're excited about that. But we love all of our students and we love all of you. And it's good that you're here today. So grab your word, man. We're going to dig into the word today. Uh, at home, you grab it there as well. Uh, we've been in a series, really it's been on the discipline of giving. When you think about it, you know, do unto others. Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't say in Matthew 7, as you think about others, maybe that they'll think about you. No, he said, as you do unto others, as you would have them do unto you. And so it's a series about doing and action and serving and uh, obviously, the golden rule of treating other people the way we want to be treated. Uh, man, what an opportunity in this time frame, um, you know, with what's going on in our country. And man, what a principle we need to get down. And so, uh, week one, I talked about give love. Uh, last week, we talked about give honor, as we certainly honored our veterans. And it was a great time, not only here at GT, but around the country. And uh, we're going to go back today to the book of Romans. So uh, you got your Bible, however you read the Bible, uh, turn to it, your iPad, iPhone, whatever, leather bound. But we're going to go back to the book of Romans today um, and chapter 12. And that's where I preached the first week. Uh, Kramer mentioned one uh, verse out of that last week. We're going to go back to Romans chapter 12 today. And we're going to talk today about giving hope. Now, I know that's an outreach and a part of our reach strategy of reaching Berks County in the world, but I want to talk today about hope uh, and what that means in our Christian life. And whether we're giving love or giving honor or giving hope, that's a, a big part of it. Next week, don't miss next week, man, Pastor Eric, uh, our Kutztown location pastor, is going to be bringing the word, and he's going to be talking about give kindness, all right? How many know that kindness is a big deal? Sometimes you're kind to people and they look at you like you're a weirdo. I mean, you've heard me say it. I've already, you know, down, you know, my mom grew up in North Carolina and so you're driving down the road and you wave at somebody, they wave back. I, I literally have done that at times. I just wave at somebody and they'll be like, weirdo, right? So we've all been there, but kindness is a big thing. So Pastor Eric is gonna talk about that next week. So make sure you join us, tune in, and we're looking forward to it. Along with the word today, uh, as we're going to look at the word hope. I want to talk, as Maritza shared about, you know, man, give hope and project impact. Uh, thank you, church. For those of you that have been faithful in your giving of your tithes, of your offerings to God, uh, you saw in that video and beyond, wish I could share so many stories with you of the impact that your giving is making. And so we're going to talk about that as well a little bit today. But 
Thank you for your faithfulness in that. Let me encourage you, man. If you've gotten a little bit behind, uh, you know, for years, you know, we've just honored God with our tithe, and I give every month to Project Impact. I hope you do too. Join us in that. If you've got a little bit behind, let God help you get caught up. But we're gonna pray right now. We're gonna pray that we're gonna become aggressive listeners to the word of God, amen? Because again, we're not just listening to sermons, right? We're hearing the word of God and saying, God, change me and God, use me so that I can do unto others, God, what you would do to them and for them. And so let's pray. God, we thank you today for the word. We pray, God, as we teach, as we meditate, as we reflect on it, God, as as we take notes, as we aggressively listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. God, may it change us. May it not just be another Sunday, another weekend, another series, another sermon. God, would you somehow uh, help us to grow together today in Christ and make a difference in our life as we serve you and as we serve others and certainly those that don't know you. So I pray your blessing upon the word right now in Christ's name, amen and amen. Um, you know, when you get back, when you go to Romans 12, uh, and just to kind of give you a little summary of that chapter, it's a great chapter of the Bible. Romans is a great book. Many theologians have said, if you understand Romans, you understand the Bible. And when you get to Romans 12, uh, what Paul begins to talk about in those first eight verses, one of the things he talks about are our gifts. And I want to strongly encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus and you already know him, then one of the things you ought to be able to know about yourself is, how has God gifted me? There are manifestational gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, ministry gifts in Romans 12, which we're going to talk about today. Ephesians 4 talks about the motivational gifts or the the gifts of apostolic, prophetic, pastor, teacher, evangelist. So uh, you ought to know, you ought to know when someone says, hey, what are your top three spiritual gifts? And Paul wants us to know that. And so he talks about that. He, He talks in Romans 12 about us being living sacrifices. And what that means is it's no longer living life for what I want and what I want to achieve and want to do. When you're living as a living sacrifice, you're saying, God, I want what you want. I want my life, my time, my money, my gifts, my abilities. I want them to serve you. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. And then in verse 6 of Romans 12, if you're looking at the word, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, he says this in, in, in 6a, in his grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So he's given us spiritual gifts. Now, we can be a servant. We can work with all of our heart and do those things. But God gives us spiritual gifts to do things differently or better than maybe somebody else in the body of Christ would do that. So we need to identify those gifts, and we need to be willing to use them. Serve is one of the key purposes of GT Church. Kutztown, West Lawn, wherever you're watching online, serving is a big part. And when we serve, God says, I've given you gifts so that you can serve effectively. Then he goes and he talks in those verses about maybe he's given you the prophetic gift or the teaching gift. Encouragement is a gift. Leadership is a gift. Giving is a gift. Now, we're all called to give. Talk about Project Impact, we're all called to be faithful, all right? So you say, well, I don't have the gift of giving, so I don't have to give. Uh, time out, you know, we're all called to give. If you believe that, say amen. And I heard that in somebody's living room. They said it so loud. That's awesome. Uh, But, you know, we're called to give, but then there's the gift of giving. Some have an incredible gift to give. Uh, And then, of course, leadership as well. So there's other gifts he mentions there. And then following the gifts, he begins to talk about our actions, how we treat others, how we respond to God. Um, And he gives us kind of a lifestyle 
of what it means to be a fully devoted follower, to be someone who's growing in Christ. So our goal as believers, and we've talked the last two weeks, is certainly to love people, right? That's one of the keys of this chapter. And then we want to give honor to others. We certainly want to honor God. And I said last week, one of the ways that we honor God is in our giving, our faithfulness to say, God, you're my provider. I mean, thank you for a job. Thank you that I live in this country. Man, say amen if you're glad you live in America. You know, I know we hear all this griping and complaining and all this country. I want to tell you, we are blessed in this country. If you've ever traveled around the world, you know how blessed you are to live in America. And so we want to honor God that way. And so, uh, but in addition to giving love and to give honor, we want to give hope. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, today, wherever you're watching or tuning in, could down here, I want us to think about what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to give hope. Now, first of all, we have to have hope, all right? How many know there's a lot of hopelessness in our world? But if we're gonna give something, then we have to possess it. So we're gonna talk about that today. And so as we think about God and as we prayed, you know, our, our thoughts, our motivation, our expectations need to be on eternity. It can't just be about, man, what's God doing for me? And you know, it's not just thinking about ourselves, but it's really giving hope to others. So uh, when you get to Romans 12, and then we went through verses 9 through 21, uh, it's almost like Paul. Here's how I visioned it. You know, I I tend to be a visual learner. Uh, How many were good in algebra? Raise your hand if you were good in algebra. Okay, I have no understanding of why you were good in that. But... um, I wasn't good in that, but I, but I did love history. And I, it, it's, it's, it's funny, I don't consider myself artistic, but I loved art. I love a picture. And it's interesting to me in Romans 12, when he does these verses in 9 through 12, it's almost like Paul's stepping back from the canvas with a broad brush, and he's giving a broad understanding of what it means to have a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ, all right? And he paints with this broad brush Uh, and he talks about these disciplines that are required. And then when he gets into verses 9 through 21, it's like he gets closer. He gets closer to the canvas, and he starts painting in some of the detail. How many are good at art? Raise your hand, home, kuts down here. You're good at art. Man, every kid raised their hand. Thank God for that. Raise your hand when you're nine years old, too. Don't look around and say, well, I think I am. You know, you're artistic. You, you, You get it. And so Paul is giving the detail and the shadowing of what it means to really be a follower of Jesus Christ. What's he talking about? He's talking about our attitudes. He's talking about our actions. Those two things really go together. In fact, this is, this is really big. Uh, I'm gonna put a picture up on the screen. How many have ever done a paint by numbers? All right, if you're not artistic, you're like, hey, this is easy, just, you know, burgundy, number four. Purple, number six, there we go. But it's kind of cool because you're, you're just doing all of that, but you don't, really see the big picture, but the more you get involved in it, at some point, the picture becomes complete. Uh, It's really when I read what Paul talks in Romans 12 about gifts in 6 through 9, and then he talks in 9 through 21 about our actions and our attitudes, uh, to me, it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. He talks about the gifts of healing, of prophecy, of miracles, of discernment, but then he says in chapter 13, he said, listen, You can have those gifts. You can have faith that will move mountains. If you don't have love, it means nothing. You can speak in tongues all day long. If you don't have love, you're a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass. In other words, what does that mean in the Greek? You're annoying. 
okay? You, you can speak in tongues and you have all these gifts, but man, we gotta have love, right? And so I love the connection that Paul makes here in Romans similar to the one he makes in 1 Corinthians, and we talked on week one about how important it is to give love. Well, let's look at the text. Romans 12, uh, verses nine through 13. That's what I'm gonna read. Here's what Paul says again. Let's think about it. Don't just pretend to love others. And how many know what that's like? Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, love you, man, love you. Oh, I love you. You know, I'm not saying that that's always pretending, but you know what it means to pretend to love. Those of you who are laughing, you get it. Yeah, I, I get it, yeah. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Notice this. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. We talked about that last week. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now here's the verse we're gonna look at today, verse 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Now that's a big verse. We're gonna talk about that today. When God's people are in need, to be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice Hospitality, interesting verse, all right? So our focus today is gonna be on one verse, verse 12. You say, well, that's good. That's gonna be short, and we're gonna have time to eat lunch, and everybody that believes that, say amen. All right. Paul says, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Man, what a powerful thought. Our bottom line today, and if you've been a part of GT, you know we do this. Here's what I want you to remember today if you forget everything else. The bottom line today is allow hope to make you passionate about the possible. Allow hope, we have to allow hope. We can be hopeless, we can be depressed, we can be down, we can be critical. You have to allow hope to make you passionate about the possible. How many know that the word says, with God all things are possible? And so when we place our hope in Jesus, we're allowing that passion to say, God, your hope can make all, all things possible. I'm hoping in you to do that, all right? Uh, as we said, like with Project Impact, our giving, our time, using our gifts, you know, giving our finances. I believe when we give, I know it. We see it. We're making a difference. Lives are being changed. Scott mentioned that, you know, over 700 people have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ this year. That's awesome. That's what it's about. That's what the church should be doing, right? We're not just a social club. We're not just a place to hang out and whatever. No, we're trying to see people's lives change for God. So the first thing Paul says, rejoice in our confident hope. Now that's interesting when you look at that. Uh, what does that really mean? So many times we don't like instruction about how to feel. Uh, how many of you in this room, you feel like, I'm a feeler, I, I can cry easily, I, I'm sensitive to others. How many think, oh, I'm not quite a feeler? Okay, don't feel bad, because I'm raising both my hands. I, I don't know, just, but sometimes we don't like to be told how to feel. But the Bible talks about that, that where it need, we need to change is in our attitude. When our attitude changes, how many know our behavior will change? All right? So, we see a great example of this. One of the most important verses, and I've, I've read it, and you, every time we read it in James, every time I read it, James chapter one, verse two, here's what it says, notice this. James writes to the church, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind of trouble, troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
Now, how many find that an easy verse to live out? Man, today, all this incredible problems and challenges and it's difficulty, and man, I got troubles. What a great opportunity. I am so glad for all the turmoil because I'm so joyful over that. Oh, you insulted me? Thank you so much. You'll never know what that means to me. I lost my job today. I don't have, you know what? Hey, it's gonna be all good. It's hard to do that. I've said it for years. Our attitude, many times, most times, will determine our altitude. Attitude is so critical. James says, count it all joy. No matter what happens to you, that's a part of hope. That's trusting God. That's, you know what? It's not just, you say, well, my provider, you know, my career, my, my job, they didn't give me a raise this year. You know what? Remember who your provider is. Your provider isn't the great place where you work. Your provider is God Almighty. God can sometimes take less and make more out of it. It's like what Maritza said. It's the fish and the loaves. God can multiply the things in our life. So this isn't a command to be happy all the time. It's really a perspective. It's, it's helping us have perspective on our situation. It doesn't mean things aren't difficult. It doesn't mean there aren't challenges. But when you're a Christ follower, you say, you know what? This isn't easy, but you know what? I'm trusting God with that confident hope, that expectation. God, you're going to turn this thing around. That's why Paul continues to go on and talk to us about having confidence in this hope. The, the Greek word, I always like to look into the Greek. If you want a tool, go on Blue Letter Bible. You can look up the verse and you can see the Greek word. You know, the Bible written in the Greek, in the New Testament, Hebrew, in the Old. And the, there's one word in, the, in Greek for the phrase confident hope. And it's elpis. The transliteration is elpis. So elpis in the Greek means to have confident hope. And what does that mean? It's expectation. And it could be expecting anything. It could be expecting something fearful. I'm, I'm expecting something to happen. How many have ever been a place of expectation? You came today saying, I'm expecting a time of great worship. I'm expecting to hear something from God. That's expectation. In the, in the, con, in the Christian sense of what Paul's saying is that joyful, confident expectation of our eternal salvation, all right? It's on hope, in hope, having hope, el peace. So he talks about that confident hope, all right? Uh, when we talk about hope, you know, it's interesting to me that when you read about this in Romans 12, Paul references throughout the book of Romans. Romans 8.24 says this. He says, we are given, notice this, we are given this hope. When we were saved, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. So Paul's saying this hope we have in Romans 12, this confident hope, he said, where do you get that hope? When you give your life to Jesus Christ, that's when you're life changes, amen? That's when you have different hope. Romans 8, 24, he says, when you're given this hope, when we were saved, when you come to know Jesus Christ. Second thing Paul mentions is, give hope in times of trouble. He says, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble. Again, how many know it's difficult sometimes to be patient when you're in trouble? It just, this is never gonna change. Man, why is this taking so long? I'll tell you right now, I could speak through it personally. In my life, there have been seasons you say, well, Brian, you're, you're a Christian, you're a preacher, you're, you're the head of this church. You're, you know what? It's tough to be patient. I don't care who you are. When you're going through difficult times, it's challenging. And we can't give hope if it's not something we possess. I said that earlier. I love a quote. I, Martin Luther King, great preacher, 
great, um, you know, for civil rights in America. I love, uh, I've heard his messages and his quotes. Here's what Martin Luther said about hope. He said, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. He said, there are moments in your life where you're disappointed. There are moments in your life that are terrible. He said, we, we have those finite moments of disappointment, but we cannot, as followers of Jesus, you know, lose sight of our eternal hope. Uh, you say, how do I remain patient in times of trouble? How do I even do that, let alone give hope to somebody else when they're going through it? It's really found in this verse. When you really have this expectation, I have a confident hope in who God is, and then you're gonna keep on praying. When you pray and have hope, I wanna tell you right now, it's a lot easier to be patient in times of difficulty. That's what Paul's saying here. That's what he's referring to, and he, he's not, listen, Paul's not making light. How many know that if anybody had some tough things in life, it was Paul? You read 2 Corinthians, he was beaten. He was stoned nearly to death. He was shipwrecked. He said, I've known what it's like to have much and to have little. He said, I've been in you know, difficulty with robbers. I mean, Paul went through incredible difficulties. Why? Because he was sharing and giving hope to others. It's just like Jesus Christ. It says in Acts that he went about everywhere doing good, healing, and all that. Yet Jesus Christ gave his life for us. Here, here's what Paul says in Romans 8. 18. Again, I want you to see the connection between the hope in Romans 8 and what Paul is saying in Romans 12. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So there are tough times. There are difficulties. You know, you hear me talk about it. Uh, in my glorified, how many know we're going to get a glorified body? I've often thought about it. I told Dan Sardi, you know, Dan had a birthday this week, our worship leader. And I said to him, I said, Dan, 33, the age of Jesus. I wonder, will I be 33 in heaven in our glorified body? I can tell you one thing I want when I get to heaven. I want a new left eye. I can't see out of it now, but guess what? In heaven, I'm going to. I'll tell you right now, you know what else I want? I want a new left leg. And I'm going to get a new left leg in heaven. Can I tell you the one thing I don't want? In my glorified body, I don't want a head full of hair. Way overrated. There's no hair gel in heaven, I'm sure. Come on, brother. There you go, right? But Paul's saying the things we suffer now don't even compare with the glory that we're going to encounter in heaven. And we got to keep that in our mind. That's what's going to help us through our difficult times. Look at verse 25 of Romans 8. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait, there it is, patiently and confidently, both the words that he uses in Romans 12. So we've got to wait patiently and confidently, and that's exactly what he's saying in Romans 12. Last thing he says in this verse, he says, give hope through constant prayer. Many of you in this room are sitting here today, I often talk about we sit in someone else's sacrifice. My, I learned this through, you know, Ancestry.com, the 23andMe. My sixth great-grandfather, for many years, I talked to one of my family members at a family reunion, and I, I really thought for many years, like, there weren't any Christians in the Cuck family. I knew my mom knew about God. She was raised as a Baptist. Uh, but my mom and dad, you know, I was the first one. I was a first-generation Christian. But at, when I began to do some of this research, and one family member shared with me, my sixth great-grandfather. How many know who your sixth great-grandfather is? 
Okay, isn't that funny how we, we, get, we get taught algebra, but we don't always know those things. And I really have a, a, a heart for that, for the story and, and for, my, you know, who, you know, I, there's tribes in Africa, man, they know their history all back for centuries. And I was really encouraged when I found out my sixth great-grandfather, you know what his name was? Christian Cuck. A big leader in the Brethren Church. He helped start Messiah College. What really spoke to my heart was when I, I don't know what grade I was in, maybe third, fourth grade. How many have ever been a sleepwalker? You've been a sleepwalker? You walk in your sleep? I don't do it now because when I go to bed, I only have one leg on. I'd have to be a sleep hopper now. I'd have to be a sleep hopper. But in third, fourth grade, are you with me? Stay with me. I, one of the ways I get through my trouble is I pray about it. Second thing I do is laugh about it. But I'd have to be a sleep hopper now. But in third, fourth grade, I was a sleepwalker. I'd walk into my mom and dad's room, and I'd start talking to my mom. It would, you know, if you know my mom, Donna, it would freak her out. She'd say, Ted, Ted, here he is again. He's talking to me again. I love you, mom, as you're watching out there in Blandon. Uh, but one night, we lived in row homes, almost outside Reading, going down at Kutztown Road. I went out, you know, we had a three-story row home. I went out the door walking and made a left down the stairs. Fell down the stairs, hit, hit myself at the bottom. We used to keep our vacuum cleaner there. Well, you know how Christian Cuck died in his 80s? He was sleepwalking. And he broke his neck. And you say, why are you telling me all that? I have to kind of remember why I'm telling you that. But, you know, he was a praying man. I found out my sixth great grandfather was a believer and loved God. We give hope. How many know when you pray for your family, when you pray for your kids, it makes a difference? And Paul says, keep on praying. That's how we give hope. Man, when people, I want to tell you right now, they can argue and say, I don't believe that. I'm not going to church. One thing they can't argue with, and that's your prayers to Almighty God. Because I want to tell you right now, many thought we were unreachable. How many ever thought you were unreachable? We were reached by the love and grace of Almighty God. We need to allow hope to make us passionate about the possible. Our prayer does that. Our being patient does that. And having trust in our confident hope. Um, I, I'll tell you right now, when we pray, you, I, I don't care what thing it is or what person you're praying for. When you lift them up to Almighty God and you pray in faith, I want to tell you right now, you're giving them hope. They may not even know they need it, but you're giving them hope when you pray for them. Uh, Listen to what Paul says in Romans 8. I'm going to give you this connection again to Romans 12 and 8. I I never knew this until I looked at it this week. What does he say in Romans 8, 26? And the Holy Spirit, notice that. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. How many of you ever felt like that? I don't even know how to pray. But for the Holy, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You know, Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father, and he makes intercession for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. How much hope does that give you to know that God, the Holy Ghost, prays for us? That Jesus is praying for us. What a powerful truth that God hears us. He understands. You know, many times when we pray, over the years in ministry, they said, well, Brian, don't ever call on me to pray. 
Many times people are embarrassed about what, the way they pray. Listen, all of us, no matter how we come to God, just say, God, I need you. God, I need your help. My family needs your help. I want to tell you, when we do that, God hears that, he understands that, and he wants to help us. You don't have to pray in the King James English. Can you say amen to that? Oh, thou, O most mightiest of God. You don't have to change your voice to pray. Thou art the most holy one. Just put that down. Come on. You say, well, reverend, I don't like reverend. We need to rev it up. That's what we need to do in our prayer life. Say, God, I don't really know how to pray, but I'm thankful the Holy Ghost prays through me and for me, and God, I need you today. We need to recognize that prayer is a part of our deal with that. You know, the Bible talks about water, planning and watering. In fact, let me read a verse to you, 1 Corinthians 3, 7. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering or serving. You know, when you're serving God, you don't care who gets the credit. No, who gets the credit for what happens here at GT? You say, oh, that video, that's just GT bragging. No, there's no bragging. You know who gets the glory for anything that happens in this church? God Almighty gets the glory. It's not our church. You look closely at my hands, there's no nail prints in them. And there aren't in yours either. We plant, we water, but it's God that gives the increase, all right? There, one day when we look at God face to face, you know, there's, there's many little things we do in our life and we have no idea. Uh, since my accident, I've been able to speak outside the church. Uh, you know, I, I'll, it's amazing. Even during my accident, I got notes from people. They said, Brian, something you said 12 years ago changed my life. And the reason it was because it was something God said and I was just a newspaper boy delivering the news. But one day we're gonna stand before Almighty God and some of the little things you've done, the offerings you've given, the prayers you've prayed, the service you've done, it could be serving something at sacred grounds, it could be doing whatever, it could just be a phone call. One day you're gonna say, wow, God's gonna show you what you thought was so ordinary, it impacted their eternity. What a powerful thought. We need to allow hope to make us passionate about the possible. Because see, if you become hopeless, then you're, you're gonna stop trying, you're gonna stop serving. You know, many times, how many know people are watching our lives as a Christian? Once people know you're a believer, they're watching you. I think I told you, when I played with the White Sox, we're on the bus, we're taking road trips all the time, and I was a witness. Many times I sat by myself on the bus because, you know, they knew I was a Christian, they are back there doing whatever. And um, one day, I think I told you this, but I, I sneezed. Of course, now in COVID, you know, you got to cover the right way, wear a mask. But back then, I barely got my hand and covered my mouth, and I'll never forget it. One of the most, I don't say evil, one, just one of the most big partiers on the team who was always doing something, different person with every night, blah, blah, he turned around on the bus and said, man, nice Christian sneeze. You didn't even cover your mouth. I, I wanted to reach in my gear bag for my Louisville slugger, and I thought... The Holy Spirit said to me, Brian, that's how close he's watching your life. You say, well, no one really notices me. I want to tell you right now, if you're a believer at your job, they're watching you. If you're one of the few believers in your family, they're watching you. They're watching what you say about the election. They're watching how you live at Thanksgiving. They're watching us. And that's why Paul's saying, this is how we have to live our life. I want to talk to you as I close. I'm going to go through these quick. So if you're taking notes, get your pen ready. I want to talk. When we give hope, 
Here's what we're doing, all right? Number one, hope moves things forward. Hope moves things forward. Hope kind of removes the regrets. It underlines the important. How many, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I, it's hard for me to take sometimes when I hear people just being critical. You may have been raised with someone that was a critical parent. All they ever saw were your mistakes. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. Maybe they're watching and they'll say, oh, I didn't do that. Many times people are just critical. No, 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 no. They never say the yes. They never see the good thing. I want to tell you, when we're people that have confident hope, we're moving things forward. Well, you know, it's the way it always was. You're just like your mom. You act just like your dad. Hope moves things forward. It increases our momentum in whatever we're doing. Number two, hope energizes the present. So our life, our service, our giving, everything we're doing right now, why does that, why does that energize us? Because we know it's making a difference in eternity. Otherwise, what are we even doing here? Let's just pack up, go home, watch football, get Taco Bell. I don't even know why I said that. That shows you how bad a place that would be. I don't know, knock the Taco Bell. My kids loved it. Lynn loved it. It was one of, one of the first words my son Bryce ever said. I'll never forget it. We're in the car, and he goes, Bill, Bill. I said, not today, Hoss. Mom's not here. Hope energizes the present. Number three, hope increases faith. I believe that faith fuels hope, and I believe hope fuels faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Hope is, I can't see it, but there's hope. I can't see it, but I'm placing my faith in it. Faith and hope fuel each other. And I want to tell you right now, you say, well, I've got faith and I'm trusting God. Well, then you should automatically have hope. I often say when I'm doing counseling with people and they're depressed and they're discouraged, my goal and my prayer is, God, let me just offer them a word of hope. Because the definition of depression, all things are hopeless. It takes hope out of the equation. Hope, number four, is contagious. The same way our criticism and our negativity can drag people down, when you speak in confident hope, you're bolstering their faith. You're helping your kids when you do that. You're helping your coworker when you do that. And it's not just some fake or actor. You know, it says don't pretend to love each other. Don't just pretend to have hope. It's when you really believe this book, you're saying, God, I believe this word. I believe what it says. 1 Peter 3.15, great verse to jot down. Instead, Peter says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope, as a believer, always be ready to give them an answer. I've had people say that to me, Brian, I don't know how you do it. You lost your leg, you lost your wife. When people ask you about your hope, when they say, I can't believe what you went through, your divorce, your problem, your difficulty, your cancer, your, your challenge, I, when you're, you know, be ready to give an answer to say, my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have all the answers, but I wanna tell you, I wanna have all hope in God. Hope is contagious. Hope is healing. It's healing. Like I said, one of the things, the first big step of healing is to say, God, I put my hope in you. I don't understand it. I, I do feel hurt, broken, lost, whatever. But God, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm gonna keep on praying. I'm gonna keep on believing. 
Hope is a huge step towards healing. Number six, hope is practical. It's not like we sit back and say, well, I'm just waiting for some big utopia to come. No, hope is practical. I love what Maritza said. She gets here early, the bins are full. Why? Because we're giving hope to Berks County. When she leaves, the bins are full. Why? Because we love Berks County and we want to offer hope. And not just in word, but in action, in deed. We want to do unto others. Hope is really practical. When you hope for better days in the church, you're going to serve in the church. When you hope better for your kids and are believing for them, you're gonna speak the truth to them in love when you get the opportunity. When we hope for God's blessing, we're gonna listen to the word closely when it's preached or when we read it. I'm not just reading it to get a check mark. Oh, just another day, I need to read the Bible. But no, I'm saying, God, give me a word today that I can live on. That's why we commit it to memory. That's why we want it in our heart. You can have 18 versions of this book on shelves, but it's gotta be here. Allow hope to make you passionate for the possible. Hope purifies, 1 John 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So hope has this purifying peace in our life. The last thing I wanna say, hope stabilizes us in the storm. Man, 2020 has been a storm. I don't know. I had the TV on one night, and I don't know if it was a commercial. I really don't even know what it was, but there was this, they were talking about how bad the year was, and they had this, like, little six-month-old baby that was just kind of jibber-jabbering. And, and they were doing a transliteration saying, oh, 2020 has been the greatest year of my life. He's six months old, right? And it was kind of a joke. I, I can see it was really powerful. I know it really impacted you, but it made me laugh, you know? It's like a six-month-old could look at this and say, hey, man, I got mom, I got my milk, I got my Gerber food, I'm good. You think it's funnier now? Just fake laugh. Do, pretend to think it's funny. Oh, yeah, now that's, I can hear it right through your mask. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hope stabilizes in the storm. I can tell you right now, the, the Christians that were reading this letter from Paul, you know what many of them were doing? They were more in quarantine. They were hiding from the Roman emperor because some of them were being persecuted, fed to lions. Theologians believe that Nero, one of the most evil leaders of all time, used to take Christians and light them in lanterns for his parties. Hope was an anchor to them. Hebrews 6.19, Hebrews 10.34. And like an anchor, hope grabs those things which aren't able to be seen. Like when you're in a boat and you throw that anchor over, you don't know what that anchor's connected on, right? But you know you've stopped. You know you're stabilized. That's how hope works. Powerful. I, I read this quote, and I gotta share it with you. It's a Puritan wrote this. L listen to this. The cable of faith casts out the anchor of hope and lays hold of the steadfast rock of God's promises. So our faith is that cable. It's what the anchor's tied to. And so we throw that anchor out. We throw that hope out, and we don't know where that anchor is gonna attach. We don't know where our hope is gonna sink in. But when we do, we know it's gonna sink in to the steadfast promises of God. That's what we're hoping. That's the confident hope we have. 
What I want you to do right now is close your eyes. And you're watching online, Kutztown, close your eyes. Can we just have a moment? I know there's been some really tough moments in 2020, but there's been some God moments. We're going to put a picture up because it's the continuing picture of the paint by numbers. So just for a minute, open your eyes and look at the screens. I'm sure at home you're watching it on your TV. Just look at that for a minute. So all those little numbers, you're painting the red number four and the, the green number 18, and you got the background, that little shadowing of the cream way out there in the mountain, right? That's, that's the detail of how God wants to fill in our lives. You know, 2020, it's like, oh my goodness, so much trouble, difficulty. Am I gonna get the virus? What about my job? What about my business? And man, you're just in hope. You're painting those numbers. Friends, I wanna tell you, someday we're gonna step back and look at the big picture. Almost six years ago, I thought my days were done on this earth. I went through some really challenging days, days where I said, God, I don't know if I can keep being more patient, but I want to tell you right now, and I'm saying this from my heart, God is helping me. God has helped me. He's going to help you. Things are going to get better. So close your eyes now for a second. I want to give everybody here, Kutztown, online, the opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ, that's where your hope starts. Paul says, where do we get this hope? You get it when you get saved when you really place your faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're in this room right now, you're watching online, Kutztown, you're watching, here's what I want you to do. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you know about him, you know his name, but you really don't know him in a personal way, but you'd like to, you want really, I often talk about being a hope dealer. I really do because that's what the word of God brings. If you need Jesus Christ in your life right now, even sitting at home, if you really need it, just raise your hand. Maybe you're with family, friends, whoever, but you need God, raise your hand. Do it right here at West Lawn the same way. Kutztown, raise your hand if you need him. Maybe it's true that everybody in here knows him, but I want to give that opportunity. I'm going to pray right now, and whether you've known him for 30 years, you can pray this prayer. Pray it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your salvation. That's where my hope comes from. I place my faith in you again today. I trust you. Take my sins. Take my wrongdoing. You died for my sins and you rose from the dead. Change me, Lord, from this moment forward. I'm saying it with my mouth and I believe it in my heart. Change my life, oh God. I want to be with you in heaven forever. In your name I pray. In your name I have hope. Amen. Amen. You may have raised your hand. Yeah, give it up for those who did. You may have raised your hand. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're at Kutztown. Maybe you're watching online. You may be watching this later in a podcast, a, a vodcast, whatever. But I want to tell you this. Wherever you're watching and learning, can you today, like down, there'll be something in the tab. You can just go to that link. Get us your information. God's done a great work for you today. We want to give you resources to get you started on the journey. So make sure you do that. If you're here in person, grab one of these on the way out. We keep them outside of our church. We've got free Bibles. Man, we're giving a lot of Bibles away. How many know that's a good thing? So you need a Bible, you want to get information, uh, make sure you do that today uh, before you leave. But um, 
Man, God bless you. It's been a great day today. Let God, let's let God, how many of you want God to finish the picture in their life, right? I'm gonna close today the way Maritza opened it. I'm an old preacher. But you know, there's a few dots that gotta get filled in in my life. I don't know about you. Let's, let's pray. God, I pray your blessing today. I pray your blessing on our church, on Kutztown, on, on Westlawn. God, our church, as it's around Berks County, today, maybe even around the world, people watching in Florida, in the U.S., around the world, wherever they're watching, God, today, would you bless us? Help us to live out this Christian life as living, worshipful sacrifices, oh God, about what you want rather than what we want. So God, let your blessing be upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Give it up for Jeff as he comes to get us out of here today. Thanks for joining us for week three of our Do Unto Others sermon series. Pastor Brian brought an encouraging word on how to give hope to others. I hope you'll take some time to reflect on this message and join us for our Growing Together segment this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on our Facebook and YouTube channel. We'll dive even, even further into some of the things that were discussed today and answer any questions you may have. We've got a lot of things happening here at GT Church, like our Around the Table service on November 25th, and we don't want you to miss any of it. You can stay connected with GT Church all week long by following us on social media everywhere at GT Church Online. You can also download our GT Church app. It's a great resource, and you can find everything you need there. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you this Wednesday night for our Growing Together segment on Facebook and YouTube at 7 p.m.